Welcome back, everybody. Uh, this is Dan Trottencheck, and you are listening to the Taking Care of Business podcast. So, uh, so glad to have you joining us once again. Um, we are hopefully in the in the final weeks of uh, uh, this winter season, <laughs> um, and it's probably a maybe a fitting end to the last ten months. It seems like it's been sort of a prolonged winter. Um, you know, winter normally everybody's inside and not going outside much, not getting together with friends and things like that because it's so cold. Well, we've, we've kind of been living that for going on 10 or 11 months now, but uh, hopefully there is light at the end of the tunnel in a lot of ways. And, uh, and one of the things that we are kind of going into now is that time of year where everybody is kind of wrapping up, tying up all the loose ends, if you will, from the previous year, and, and we're headed out of out of the uh, the dark, dismal winter days into uh, probably one of our our guests today's favorite times of year, and that's tax season. Um, uh, our, and and this, today we're going to be actually speaking with uh, NHPA uh, Chief Financial Officer Dave Gowan. And we're going to be talking a little bit about business metrics. Now, don't get overly excited. Uh, I know business metrics aren't exactly uh, uh, talking about things like carnival rides, but uh, but there's a lot of reasons why uh, this is such an important topic right now. And we're going to talk a little bit about how NHPA can maybe help you look at your business in a new way and how looking at business metrics can also help you plan for things like uh, growth in your business, which is a very exciting topic. But before we get into that, before we welcome Dave onto the program, let's get a quick word from this episode's sponsor. When you grow a garden with Schultz products, you reap a bountiful crop of benefits for your customer and your business. The signature dropper applicator allows you to feed every time you water. Just seven drops per quart of water delivers vital micronutrients every time you feed. Schultz liquid plant food is available through hardware co-ops and lawn and garden distributors nationwide. For more information, go to knoxfert.com backslash Schultz. That's K-N-O-X-F-E-R-T dot com backslash S-C-H-U-L-T-Z. All right, we are back and we are ready to buckle buckle up your seatbelts, folks. We're going to be talking about business metrics today. Um, uh, so I'd like to welcome onto the program after that fantastic introduction. I'd like to welcome Dave Gowan onto the program. Dave, as I stated earlier, you're the NHPA's chief financial officer. And uh, as part of your varied and sorted background, um, you are also a longtime uh private business owner and and you yourself before joining the uh, 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 a team here at NHPA you were an independent business owner and operator for a number of years and so uh, so you have some experience of not only uh, uh, giving uh, other business owners advice in your role at NHPA but also uh, kind of living that day-to-day -day world of uh, of being a small business owner so welcome to the program yeah, Dan. Thanks for thanks for having me, and uh, thanks for really selling the intro there uh, on the excitement of the podcast. So, um, yep, Dave Gowan, uh, Chief Financial Officer of NHPA, uh, still getting used to those initials, and yep. um, 
And as you mentioned, I was a uh, Wendy's franchisee for 20 years, and we had um, 17 stores in the Indianapolis area. And so uh, this topic is uh, near and dear to my heart. And um, so ready to explore here. Yeah. And uh, what I was trying to do there, Dave, is, is you, you know, you always want to set expectations and then and then exceed those expectations. And and this being a business program, I, there's really probably not much more exciting things we can talk about than how to grow the profitability of your business. So so I, I put the ball on the tee for you and I expect you to you know swing for the fences as as, as you're so apt to do. <laughs> I, I, I <laughs> Well, if you've you've seen me, uh, you know, hit off a tee before, so <laughs> might not be pretty. <laughs> yeah. So uh, uh, everybody, uh, everybody, be ready for that, uh, Dave. Why don't you? You know, I, I think it's kind of interesting, and I think uh, you know we talk about this certainly um, at NHPA, but but I, I think it is interesting that you bring this different perspective to our organization, and it's not like you're a newcomer; you've been with us for for quite a while now. But but you do bring this uh, different kind of. Uh, vision of, of small business, having owned and run these 17 independent uh, 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 Wendy's franchises. And while selling hamburgers isn't exactly the same as as selling hammers and nails and, and buckets of paint, um, there are certainly a lot of similarities really in running any kind of small independent business. And I'd imagine one of those things is you know, sometimes you get so um, used to just running things by the playbook, doing things the same way year after year, and you just kind of, you, you, your planning really amounts to, well, I hope we're going to see some growth, or I hope our profits are going to be better this year than they were last year. But, but I would imagine that is probably not the most effective way to go about implementing a growth strategy for a business. So, as we're talking about um, uh, business metrics, and, and another term we use a lot is key uh, performance indicators or key profit indicators, KPIs. Um, tell us a little bit about your background and kind of how that whole thought of of using KPIs or business metrics is, why is it so important for small business owners to kind of understand that? Well, right. So, you know, you, you've heard you mentioned KPIs. People call them KPIs, KBIs, numerous numerous things, but they all kind of mean the same thing. And and you know when we were in the Wendy's business, I mean we measured absolutely everything. And and um, you know information was hard to come by. Um, you know we started in in 1990, and information electronically was hard to come by. And and just the nature of the fast food business, people weren't willing to share. And, um, it, and, but we were large enough that we could compare, you know, store to store. And, you know, while we measure different things in the hardware industry, that the, the concept is the same. And, you know, we, we, at one time I counted that we had, um, 78 reports that we prepared monthly Jeez. to measure the type of business that we had. And, and, you know, anywhere from, you know, pickup window speed to uh, variance to food costs to um, variance to labor guide. Um, you know, obviously it's very labor intensive. And so we were able to look at, um, you know, we were able to look at our how we compare to labor guide at, at various stores to tell us, okay, are we overstaffed? Are we understaffed? Yeah. 
And then that led to, okay, well, let's look at the pickup window. You know, we're, we're expecting to do 85 seconds during launch and we've got a store doing 130. Is it because we're understaffed? Is it because we're dropping the ball at, at the, uh, at the, uh, you know, are we not using a changer for cash? Right. Are we not, you know, so where are we dropping the ball? And so it allowed us to take that information and utilize it to, as you said, to, to, to grow. I mean, it's, you know, uh, at the end of the day, you know, in that business, it was all about, uh, you know, uh, traffic and, um, and, you know, new, 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 um, sandwiches or whatever and so uh but but we still had to execute it to capitalize on that and so um you know we used all those reports all those indicators to you know to as you said grow our business yeah because those things like time at the window or or uh, other metrics you're looking at as they relate to labor really all you know kind of boil down to the more cars you get through that drive through more the more transactions you're conducting the better you're serving your customers because in that atmosphere getting them in and out is really important no no pun intended with in and out their arrival perhaps dave but uh but uh, <laughs> not to me they weren't <laughs> but um but it it really all boils down to how productive you're being with your business and 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 the same is true for home improvement retailers um with their businesses and and just kind of that um spray and pray mentality of well let's just hope things are better this year and we'll we'll, we'll try and do things better is really not conducive to kind of the modern competitive environment we're we're in and 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 so first this understanding of if you want to grow as a business and you want to grow your profitability you you really have to focus on KPIs but the first question so many business retailers uh uh come into when they ask that is that's great but how do i know i, I mean if i'm going to look at something like transaction size or or um sales per employee or, or, or gross margin per employee what do i know what do i focus on and and where do i even get a, an understanding of how am i doing i mean am i doing well is my number good um, and, and so the, the real critical part to that is where do I start? And, and NHPA has a tool that, that is kind of like, here's your starting guide, here's your roadmap, and that's the cost of doing business study. And, and Dave, you're at NHPA, you're the guy that's in charge of the cost of doing business study. So, so I, I know a lot of our listeners are probably familiar with the cost of doing business study, but why don't you just kind of give us a little bit of a refresher on what it is? And I think it's also important that you maybe you address why is this year's participation in the cost of doing business study perhaps even a little bit more important than it has been in the past? Right. So, you know, so I say it's the premier industry benchmarking report. And, and to be honest with you, it's the only one that I know that that is put together that um has no ties to affiliations of wholesalers. And right. I know some wholesalers prepare their own um, internal reports where they have a comparison, but this is this is across uh, all brands. Um, so it's a benchmarking report of roughly 1,100 stores a year 
where we show the income statement, the balance sheet, and roughly 35 um, key metrics uh, that you know you can use to um, measure your business. It's broken down between uh, the hardware store segment, home centers, lumber yards, and building materials, and also paint. And then it is further broken down by um, each one of those is shown as a typical store, a high profit store, which we uh, characterize as the top 25% of uh, in uh, profits. And then also broken down by uh, single store and multi-store. Uh, in terms of the impact of, <laughs> of why you would want to participate this year, is obviously we had a little uh, little pandemic going on, yeah. and and what I would say is, you know, I, I've been doing this now. This will be my I think ninth year to do the report, and um, you know, more than ever, the playing field has, is not level. Right. You know, we've heard stores being down twenty or thirty percent, uh, where the industry was was close to being up 25%, but then also we heard stores up 30 or 40%. And so, you know, more than ever, um, that is a, that's a big swing in sales. And then, um, you know, with the supply chain issues, where, where are cost of goods, uh, landing and, you know, um, staffing was a huge issue. And so, uh, you know, we, we've heard people paying uh, more for staffing. We've heard people hiring and hiring and hiring, trying to, you know, to accommodate yeah. uh, the sales that they, they've done. Um, you know, sales per customer. I mean, the last couple of years, it's been $24 uh, sales per customer. Uh, my assumption is, is when we see this report, it's going to be way over that this year. Um, and so... You know, and then my fear is, is, is nobody knows when this, when the windfall for the people that, you know, saw the 25% growth, when is that going to come to an end? Yeah. And you're going to want to know where you're out of, where you're out of balance, whether it's in payroll or, uh, you know, um, sales per employee or so you can adjust quickly because when that day comes you're going to want to you're going to want to back off and and adjust and and so you know this report participating in and this year is, is more critical than ever yeah i, I think because <clears throat> you know the, the the retailers we talk to i mean this year is really unlike you know you've been doing the report for nine years i've been watching the industry for 25 years and the, 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 we, this this last year we're coming out of 2020 is truly unlike any year that I've ever seen in terms of the pace of sales accelerating, but also kind of all of the, you know, shifting paradigms of running a retail operation that are just different. I, I mean, so it's so important to be able to look back and say, you know, yeah, my sales went up, but was that driven by transaction size? Was that driven by number of transactions? And how did that impact all those kind of, as you were talking about those, those downstream expenses? What, what did my gross margin look like? What did my, how did that impact my, as you're saying, your overall cost of goods, um, your expense side. And so, I think that if there's any year for someone to participate in the study, this would certainly be the year. But also, 
Um, another good point is, you know, it's great that a lot of retailers have seen a windfall, but how do you take that windfall and make sure that you are hanging on to as much of it as possible? You know, we always kind of joke about, well, you know, you can, you, you can, uh, make a lot of money on the top line and still go broke. And, and that's really kind of what the cost of doing business study al allows you to see is what happens between the top of the meat grinder and the bottom of the meat grinder. So right. you figure out how, how to make sure you're, you're maximizing things, which comes back to this concept of watching your key retail metrics. And I know that, um, uh, to kind of give a tease, we have a webinar coming up where we're going to talk to some in individuals about and some ex experts about, you know, what are some of the key retail metrics these days that might be a little bit different than they were the year before or the year before. And a lot of that is around things like the pandemic. I mean, you touched on this concept of of employees and employee productivity and I think one thing we saw last year is obviously you're trying to monitor employee productivity because um, you, you know you're you're uh, you're trying to maximize your employees um, be because there's so many sales flowing through the channel. But in other uh, you, you know non kind of pandemic related thing as um, as labor costs go up, I mean you, you know minimum wage has gone up in a lot of areas and and you know other wages have escalated as a result of that. And so now it's probably, you know, more important than ever. I had one retailer that was talking about it. And he said, listen, I'll pay whatever I have to pay as long as I can make sure that I'm getting productivity out of my employees to justify that. And, and the only way you're going to know that is by looking at those uh, metrics of what are, what, what is, what does the average store have sales per employee? What am I getting sales per employee? Are, are there other things, Dave, that, um, you think are important metric wise to be looking at for a retailer these days? I, I mean, uh, you know, sales per employee, um, you know, transaction size is typically one people look. Are there any that kind of come top of mind to you as you've been compiling the report that you see high profit retailers kind of tend to do this, whereas the average retailers maybe don't uh, aren't as good in those measurements? Well, I would say, you know, <laughs> hate to keep focusing on payroll, but, but payroll is one of the biggest drivers, you know, it's one of the biggest expenses. And that's where that's, that is one of the biggest areas that I see a difference between a typical store and a high profit store is in payroll. And, you know, the, the retailers have done, you know, a tremendous job of staffing their stores for, you know, overnight 25% growth. Yeah. But the problem, you know, that that could creep up here in six months or a year is, OK, I, I did what I could to staff my store. And so I, I paid two dollars more, three dollars more, four dollars more to, to get this employee. And when sales level off or even begin to shrink a little bit, all of a sudden you're going to have more staffing than you need. And so. Then the then it is going to be very key to look at that productivity um, from a you know sales per employee uh, perspective and so um, you know so that is probably the biggest area is typically in payroll that I see um, another one that I mentioned earlier is because of supply chain um, you know cost of goods what we've seen is, you know, what we've seen and heard is, you know, fill rates have been a challenge 
Yeah. Uh, we, you and I were on a, a Zoom last week where we heard uh, one retailer say that he had a truck come in just a week ago that was at 44%. And, you know, and so what, what have, it'll be interesting to see how that shakes out in terms of a lot of these people had secondary suppliers that weren't able to help them. And right. so they had to go and, and chase down alternate sources. And so did they ever pay for that? And, and yeah. what is that going to look like? And so, um, you know, and then and then probably, you know, in relation to the supply chain is the is the inventory on hand or inventory per square foot as it's as, as we track it is where is that, uh, you know, that is another place where, um, you know, I see a big difference between. Uh, high profits in a typical store is just that, you know, um, seems like the high profits, uh, they manage their inventory a lot better and they're, and they're fully stocked. And, and that will be a challenge to, to this year for sure. Yeah. And I, I know I, I've heard a lot of retailers talking about taking us taking harder looks at their inventory investment because, you know, just the way the market has changed and getting higher velocity out of kind of a fewer number of SKUs. And and, and it, it's just really interesting coming out of all these changes uh, again and going back to this to see, you know, what, uh, what changes are going to make a permanent uh, kind of indelible mark on the industry and in which are going to kind of come and go as the as the pandemic subsides. But but you touched on something else there that w we focus a lot on growth when we talk about things like business metrics and looking at KPIs. Um, but my first year ever at the association, I had visited a retailer uh, up in the northeastern United States, and he said st something that stuck with me here 25 years later. And he said, you know, to be a, a, a successful business over the long term, you have to pay as much attention and put as much effort into understanding how to contract your business as you do how to grow your business. Because if you draw the line out long enough, there are going to be periods where there are growth periods, but there will in inevitably be periods where you, you face contraction. And, and, and his point was that some businesses grow very well, but then do not adapt quickly enough when the market changes. And, and that's what sinks the ship not their inability to grow, but their inability to respond when, when uh, what, what do we call it? Negative growth <laughs> yeah. occurs. And, and not saying that, I mean, let, listen, we're all kind of riding this wave right now of additional sales in the industry, but as we all know, waves do crest. And, uh, and so your point is a, is a very valid one is that looking at your KPIs also needs to be in anticipation of what might I have to do? Yeah, a good point. You, you know, you say people staffed up, maybe people uh, increased wages to try and get more competitive with bringing people in because you had to, to offset the sales increase. But but how do you look at that and what and why do you need to keep a close eye on that for for when maybe sales start to stabilize a little bit? Um, and and those are just some of the examples of uh, of why it's important to look. At, at these numbers uh, in a business sense. But it's also important, uh, you know, to focus on the positive here is, is building a plan for growth around your business. And it, it, it amazes me, and I'd like your impression on this, Dave, that we talk to a lot of retailers who, who have done pretty darn well in their operations. 
And then when you drill down a little bit and you start asking about, well, what do you guys do and what's your plan with this and how do you look at these numbers? A, a fair number of them, now not I won't even say the majority, but a fair number of very successful retailers that I definitely won't name names are kind of like, oh, well, we, we really don't look at that kind of stuff. We're just, you know, we just kind of feel growth and we go there and and listen, I, I, I'm all for gut instinct and it gets people a long way in business, but that might not be the most sound way to craft a plan for growth and increasing profitability. What, what, what are your kind of thoughts on that, Dave? Well, I, I mean, you've, you've heard me say numerous times that, um, you know, people make money in spite of themselves and, yeah. and that, and that's exactly kind of what you're talking about is that, you know, they open the doors and they just expect the customers to come. And, and I, I remember we opened a new store and, uh, I had a, I was outside handing out balloons and a guy pulled up to me and he said, it, it must be nice to open the doors and know you're going to have customers. And that was, yeah. you know, the Wendy's brand that brought that, but <laughs> <laughs> it was more than just opening the doors. And, um, you know, as you mentioned with, um, with, uh, the retail, I mean, you and I talk to retailers all the time and, in, 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 you know, virtually every day. And, and we talk to retailers anywhere that, you know, do a million dollars in a store. And then we talk to retailers that they do a hundred million in their operation. And we know a lumber company that's close to 400 million. Right. And so, and they are all using the cost of doing business study to measure their business on a daily basis. And then they use it to formulate a plan of, okay, how are we going to do, how are we going to grow our business? Right. Um, you know, and so, you know, you can quickly scan the, the, the CODB cost of doing business study CODBs. Um, and, quickly know where you're out of whack on your operations, whether it's, you know, payroll, whether it's sales for customer, whether it's, you know, as we talked about numerous times, employee, uh, um, sales per employee. And, you know, and then you can formulate a plan around that of, of okay, how, how am I going to attack um, the, how am I going to attack sales for customer? Um, you know, the last couple of years, it's been $24 in the hardware uh, segment. It's been $24 um, per customer for the last couple of years. If I was at $21, uh, how am I going to attack that? What is it? What is it that I'm missing? And then I, you know, formulate a plan. Am I going to am I going to go to a single queue? Um, am I going to you know, do I need to have more impulse items? Do I need to train my employees on completing the project, you know, where is it that I'm dropping the ball, but at least by knowing where your, uh, you know, key measurements are, you can quickly formulate a plan of how I'm going to improve those numbers. It, yeah. And one of the things I always, when I talk about this or, 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 you know, kind of give presentations on it, one of the things I always say is, listen, you don't, you could probably look at your store's numbers, your operations numbers, and compare them against the numbers in the cost of doing business study and say, listen, I'm behind in 10 or 12 things. And I always encourage retailers, you don't have to attack 10 or 12 things. Pick pick two or pick three and say, you know what, this next six months or this year, I want to focus on 
increasing my sales per employee, increasing my transaction size from $21 to try and get it up as close as I can to $24 per transaction, and maybe start attacking my gross margin, whatever it is. And then, you know, take out your legal pad and say, these are the three things I want to do. What are three things that I can do to attack each one of those things? You, you know, and, and you, you, you named some under transaction size. Can I add some impulse items around my registers? Can I maybe go to a single queue checkout where I'm featuring more products um, along the route to the registers? Can I out, you know, train my employees to, to add on sell? And let me focus on those three things and see what kind of impact it has. Um, and those are that's that's a very simple way of looking at what what can be a somewhat daunting topic when you say, well, you know, running your business by the numbers or or um, or focusing on business metrics. It sounds so scholarly, but it's really just getting back. I mean, it's what makes a successful retailer a successful business operator is focusing. And I think you'd also probably agree that you know, in that continuum of retailers we talk to, the ones that tend to be more successful are, are the, the men and women that are looking really closely at these numbers on a regular basis. They're, they're the ones that are sitting in an office and kind of looking at their spreadsheets to say, what do I need to do and how do I need to keep these things in balance? Wouldn't you say that you find that to be true? Oh, yeah. Um, you know, like, like I said, I mean, we, we deal with all sizes of retailers and it, it, and it just is always... Uh, really surprising to me that, you know, <laughs> the, the ones that are doing, you know, as I mentioned, 100 to 400 million, you know, they're, they're not successful by, by, you know, just getting out of bed in the morning. I mean, they are constantly measuring their business and, and looking for improvement. And, um, you know, and so it, it is just a constant, uh, uh, battle of, of where to improve and, and where to, uh, whether it's growth or, you know, cutting expenses to grow the bottom line. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, and, and, you know, you grow the bottom line. I mean, that means, uh, you know, that's more dollars to invest in the business for whether it's employees, whether it's technology, uh, you know, uh, all sorts of things. So, Dave, real quick, you know, while it's we just talked about kind of simple ways that you could use some business metrics to try and chart kind of an improvement plan for your company. The first thing that I think would be your advice or advice that I definitely give is to participate in the cost of doing business study. It's a great start to get um, to get a playbook, if you will, for how your business compares to the rest of the industry and the top performers in the industry. Um, and it, there's no cost to participating. Um, Dave, how does a retailer that says, I want to do this, I've never done it before, what do I do? Where do, where do they go and how do they participate? Right. So in, in April, uh, we will um, send out a survey and we do it both in uh, via mail and electronic, um, that will be a three-page survey that asks for some basic demographic information, uh, you know, where you're located, number of employees, um, square footage, and then um, we'll ask for income statement information, balance sheet information, and then, um, um, and then some hot topics that are questions that we get throughout the year that we that we feel that more people will be interested in knowing. 
Um, 50% of, of the of, um, surveys come in via online. So I'll talk about that one first is that uh, when it is available, uh, you can go to your NHPA dot org forward slash CODB and you will be able to find the survey um, that we try to make it as simple as possible. You, you always have to to complete the demographics um, piece and then either you can fill out the income sheet and balance sheet information uh, or income statement and balance sheet information or um, you can simply attach it. We make it uh, uh, easy for you to attach it. So you can complete it that way. You can um, complete the survey by hand, or again, complete the survey, the demographics page, include your income statement balance sheet um, and mail it to us. Or um, the final way that you can get it to us is email. Um, you can email it to me at dgowan at your nhpa.org. Yeah, and and just you know anybody concerned who hasn't done it, we've been doing this study for the better part of a century. Yeah, and it's a little over a hundred years. Over a hundred years, and and retailers see a value in it, but but anybody concerned, all this information is one hundred percent anonymous. It's never published in a way that anyone would know what your data is. In fact. Once we get the surveys in, they're coded and and they we, we don't even know whose is whose until uh, we're sending you the results back. So it's completely anonymized and all the information is just presented in aggregate. So no one is singled out. But you also get back kind of a customized report that shows how your business stacks up against the industry. And you get the complete report, which which is a, a pretty significant value. Because, Dave, how much is it if you have to buy the report if you don't participate? Yeah, it's $499. Yeah, $499. $499. So, yeah. <laughs> so it's a, it's a significant value. Um, and so and we'll list this information in the description of this uh, podcast so you, you can figure out where to go to participate. Um, and, and the other thing I, I want to give a little bit of attention to is in the near future here, where this is going to be a companion piece to um, uh, the next in our strategic webinar series, which is sponsored by our friends at Epicor where we're gonna be talking a little bit more in our uh, online webinar about uh, retail metrics and, and how you focus on these key performance indicators. And, and I'm going to be pontificating more on that. We're gonna have some uh, additional guests, including a representative from Epicor, who's gonna talk a little bit about how you can get um, access to this information about your business so you can monitor it more easily. And for more information about attending that webinar, that free webinar, um, I would also encourage you to go to uh, the our website, yournhpa.org online, and you can register there for free to attend the uh, webinar. And then look uh, in, in upcoming issues of both Hardware Retailing and Paint and Decorating Retailer Magazine, where we're going to be covering this topic in even more depth, uh, up, more 
more in depth. Boy, was that a Freudian slip there? <laughs> but uh, uh, so we're going to be talking about this in the in the in the weeks to come. So uh, no no certainly shortage of information about it because it's so important for for retailers who want to grow and understand how to be more successful to really start getting their heads around this topic of managing by metrics. Uh, Dave, thank you so much for uh, coming on the podcast today, and I and I think it was more interesting than the the topic of just bland business metrics, because after all, we're talking about success and failure here. So I appreciate you always coming on. And and uh, I also know I'll, I'll, I'll give one last plug here that um, I, I know that you often retailers who participate in the cost of doing business study will just call you or send you an email and say, hey, Dave, I need some help understanding something or asking a question about their performance. And you always are open to having those discussions with retailers. Yeah, I, I mean, you're exactly right, whether it's out of market, uh, you know, I, I feel like I have uh, some standing calls, for people that once they get their report, they'll call and, and ask questions and, and, um, you know, and it's, and it's all in, um, you know, they're all looking to uh, grow their business and grow their bottom line. And so we're always obviously, uh, that's part of our mission statement. And yeah. so we're always happy to help and, and, uh, so yeah, we're, we're always available. Fantastic. Well, Dave, thank you once again, and I appreciate all you listeners tuning in. And I would just, again, uh, encourage everybody to go to our website to get more information about the webinar or to find out about how you can participate and get access to this really valuable study and learn more about how to get a plan together for managing your business for growth. Uh, thank you, everybody. Until next time, Dan Troutencheck.